What is good, y'all? How y'all doing? Oh, what's up, man? I'm back home. <laughs> Finally. Unreal. Never thought it would happen. Uh, this is Big Dudes in the Trenches. We're talking about the XFL. That just happened. This is week six. We just got past. Uh, we have a team that's 6-0. Oh. We also have a team that's 0-6. Oh the XFL has given us a little bit of everything so far. <laughs> Very fun. Uh, we also got a trade after the games this week because a couple of teams really dislike their quarterback situations. So, very fun. Also, it is opening week. Uh, Thursday's opening day for Major League Baseball, which I do care about, even though we are a football podcast. If anyone out there, this doesn't count for y'all too. If anyone out there watching us either live right now or on YouTube can tell me what team this is or the hat I'm wearing, I'll figure out something and I'll I'll give you a prize. Uh, hold on, I, I gotta see. I think I know the team just because I know you. I just gotta see it better. Yeah. Okay. You, you, you know the team. Yeah. Yeah. The hat I thought it was. <laughs> okay. All right. Making sure. I'll zoom, I'll get a little bit closer to y'all too. There you go. Uh. There you go. Figure it out. Hit us up. Uh, we have all the links down at the bottom, and Tug will shout them out at the end of the episode, too. God, I so. hate you guys. <laughs> Stop making me do it. Before we get to that main event, though, we got to get to the XFL games. <laughs> all right. I'm going to put a disclaimer here. Um, I'm going to add my comments based on what you guys are saying. I was driving all weekend. Uh, 13 hours on the road. I missed all of the games. I am terribly sorry. Perfect opportunity yeah. to pull up XFL football on your phone. <laughs> Shame I, on you for not watching some Monday Night Football. I don't yes. know if that's how that works. It's also, I spent pretty much all of Sunday and Monday puking, so stomach bug, we're good. I'm good to go. It's or was it all the drinking you did? game in D.C. since the mid-90s, and you can't even watch it. It's Unreal. not my fault that the Washington Commanders are that bad of a team. And formerly the Redskins. And the D.C. Defenders are that good of a team. And they were worth watching, even if you're puking. Weak ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get started here with the first game of the weekend, which was the Seattle Sea Dragons at the Orlando Guardians. Yeah, uh, I honestly thought this was a great game to start the weekend off. Not because I really expected Orlando to hang in there as much as they did, uh, but because they did. It actually turned out to be a really good game. Now, a big part of that is because Seattle plays down to their competition, which is something we'd seen previously when they played the Vipers, for example, uh, and almost lost to Vegas in Vegas. And if it weren't for Josh Gordon, they probably would have lost that game. Uh, but it was very apparent that they Seattle was the better team, especially down the stretch. Uh, but they absolutely, I mean, Orlando could have won this game. And Quentin Dormandy, who was signed back to the team, is now the starter, unfortunately, for Paxton Lynch and Memphis fans and Paxton Lynch fans everywhere. So uh, but, man, but very yeah, so me. Central Michigan Chippewas fans. Yeah, and uh, he looked great, and Doug, you and I were talking about it, I believe, in Discord. Yeah. It's really disappointing that the rest of the team sucks. He pretty much has great. Latimer. His receivers are decent, but he's not getting any protection, and they can't get a run game consistently going to save their lives, and don't even get me started on the defense. That's really where a ton of their problems are. 
it sounds crazy to say, considering they're 0-6, I think Orlando legitimately has the third-best quarterback in this league. And they dang near cut him because the story Wait. got out. That wasn't even true. They, they did cut him and then signed him back. Wait, do you mean oh, to wow. tell me there's more to a football team than just a good quarterback? I know. It's crazy. Never thought that would wow. be possible. Wow. It's, like it's a whole conceit of our show title. Anyway. It's a, it's a team sport or something. Uh, I will say, though, like one knock that I've really had against the Guardians all year has been discipline. They are by far the most penalized team. Uh, by and large, it seemed like they the did most a much better week. job this year or this week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're getting better at a couple of important things. And we're seeing that on the scoreboard, actually, too. You know, this was a seven-point game. And coming into the weekend, you wouldn't have surprised me if we came out saying it's Seattle won by, you know, at least double digits, if not three scores or so. Um, yeah, and actually, it was a tight seven-point game, final score 26-19. to 19. Uh, Seattle did not beat the spread, right? Orlando, the yeah. spread was at eight, and Orlando only lost by seven. So, I mean, this was, this, like, this is dumb to say. This was kind of a win for Orlando. They definitely – can see a path forward more than I think they have before. I know we kind of talked about it, like, hey, they've got potential, but this was kind of like the first game where we've seen this really come to fruition uh, yeah. in a big way, uh, as well as... Unfortunately, not big enough. They didn't win. Yeah. But it <laughs> yeah. felt like it compared to what has been happening for them. So, so I got to I gotta ask, is Seattle still going for three after every touchdown? Uh, no, okay. they're not, but I don't know why not, you know? Well, the, the, two, the reason the is two point conversion, the two point conversion has the best percentage of conversion. Yeah. The three point sitting at 25% conversion and then the one point sitting pretty low as well. Well, I think part of that too is only Orlando usually goes for one point and they just can't move the ball. So <laughs> there's no. no point in going for I guess there's one point and going for one point. Just go for two. <laughs> Just go for two at least. I mean, it's only a five-yard play. If you can't hit five yards, I mean, did you even score a touchdown? I don't believe you. Did you try? Yeah. The reason the reason I was asking is because because they put up eight points in the third quarter, wondered if there was a safety and you got hard. No, it's just I know they typically like that's how they started the season, is they were always going for three. Yeah. Um, that that's why that was intriguing to me. And honestly, well, they they've gotten off a couple of things from what they had early in the season. So they're not going for three every play, yeah. and they're really not targeting Josh Gordon all that much, which was interesting to me this game. Honestly, I think it worked out very well for them. As low of a score as this was compared to some other games we've seen now around the league, you know, twenty six points isn't nothing to laugh at. But no, it's still not. it's still not like high point total uh really this was one of the best games i've seen seattle be able to move the ball just consistently and you can chalk some of that up to orlando's defense not being very good uh which it's not but seattle actually was able to move the ball consistently at a slower pace than what we saw early in the season they were trying to take deep shots to josh gordon every play yeah they lost their first two games of the season doing that so They've obviously worked some things out, and Seattle, honestly, right now, 
as close as this was, I keep saying honestly, that just started to annoy me. Uh, but as close as this game was, Seattle looks better to me after this weekend than they did coming into this weekend, even though they didn't beat the spread. Really, both teams come out of this looking pretty good to me. That's good. And what's crazy is Orlando very much still in the race in the South. I mean, they they are very close to being eliminated, but they are also very much clinging on to life. If they win the next – they win out, they still very much have a shot. They have to – every game's a must win from here on out. Yeah, and I, I will say backtrack a minute here. Uh, as much as uh, Seattle's offense looked better to me than I expected, the defense – how are you giving up 19 points to the Guardians? Come on. That, Come on. That's how their team does. Your defense <laughs> has been hitting this. I'll be honest. I know, and that sketches me out, which makes me not think they're going to be a very good playoff team. Regular season, though, they can beat just about anybody, it feels like. Well, how many teams make the playoffs? Is it six or four? Four. Four. So then, they might not make it. Yeah, they're currently on the outside looking in. Uh, they're tied, tied to St. Louis, though. Tied with we'll Battlehawks. We'll see. And both those games are coming up, I believe. Uh, the over also hitting this one. It was set at 43. But let's move on to our players of the game here. And on the offensive side, I mean, it really, there's only one option it can go to, frankly, and it's Ben DiNucci. I mean, they they moved the ball around so much they didn't really have a run game right. to speak of this week. Uh, we right. could, I mean, I want to. Yeah, crazy. and I want to give an honorable mention to the offensive line, 35 dropbacks. He's only sacked once. Yep. So, I, you know, that's that's pretty awesome. For our audio listen, listeners, 18 to 35, 177 yards, two touchdowns, one pick, and then leading the team in rushing on six carries for 43 yards was Ben DiNucci. Uh, follow that up with the defensive player of the game, also from uh, Seattle. And what do you know? There's no picture of him in a Sea Dragons <laughs> uniform online. So we got him in his uh, South Carolina State uniform here. Uh, three solo tackles, five total, one sack, and two TFLs. They were getting after it, and as you can see, he had two TFLs plus the sack there. Struggles continue yeah, as for the Guardians offensive line. As kind of a safety, a little bit of a hybrid safety linebacker, like a rush safety, if you will, kind of a role for him, uh, which is a lot of what he played in college too. I mean – he did lead the team in interceptions one year, but also he was a dominant force rushing a passer from the defensive back position in college. Uh, it's also hilarious to me that we have the highest resolution photo of Ben DiNucci I've ever seen in my life in a Sea Dragons <laughs> uniform. And then we got this grainy ass picture that's like four years old of Severe Kelly. That looks like a four-year-old iPhone photo, to be honest with you. It probably is. And it's definitely four years old because he got the 150 patch on his jersey, too. So, you know, that this is not even like his senior year. Well, in his senior year, he wore number zero. So, <laughs> it's, it's terrible. That's all we got. God, The internet's fantastic. And yet, he's Moving. a really good football player and our defensive player of the game. <laughs> Get, put some respect on his name and on his Instagram yeah. or something. Help this man out. Next up, we had a... Uh, this was still on Saturday, I believe. It was. We yeah. Saturday night. We had the Seattle, or sorry, the St. Louis Battle Hawks facing off of the Vegas Vipers. Hey, the refs did uh, that too. 
once. Yeah. Right. <laughs> this doesn't look like it was much of a fight. No, no this wasn't. one this one was really <laughs> lopsided. I really thought it was going to be a close game after the first quarter, though. I mean, it was very yeah. even. I don't even think St. Louis was really driving the ball that well to end the first quarter. It's not like they came and scored out, scored at the beginning of the second quarter, if I remember correctly. Or maybe they did. Yeah. Maybe it was a wrong play, though. And then uh, this game ended so badly that they traded Luis Perez. <laughs> Which he didn't deserve. What he is this, his, like, that. sixth, seventh spring league team? God across damn. XFL, USFL, AAF. He's played in everything. And he's been it's... one of the better quarterbacks in every spring league he's played in. And I stand corrected. I'm looking back at it. Uh, it was a four-yard touchdown pass from A.J. McCarron to uh, <laughs> uh, to Jennings. It was The thing is, though, like, no, but I didn't think that that was going to lead to the massacre that it became, right? The way that Vegas yeah, had played. Is... Which we've kind of seen this from every single – we haven't said the final yet. The final was 29-6. to six. But we've seen this from every single game, I feel like, that has been close and relatively low scoring. The defense will eventually give up a drive. And that's kind of what I thought this would be. Uh, unfortunately, Vegas's offense couldn't do anything right. Unfortunately, also, the defense let up three drives in the second quarter and not one. <laughs> yeah. Like, all around, I got to say, you know, we, we're, we'll get to the power rankings here in a minute. Vegas is still ahead of Orlando purely because Orlando much. hasn't won a game. Uh, as soon as Orlando even comes within three points of winning a football game, they will be ahead of Vegas. They're kind of in opposite directions right now, it feels like. Vegas started off hot. Luis Perez came out smoking. And then they just been tailing off throughout the year, looking worse and worse. And Orlando's the other way around. And these are two of the better teams in the league in Seattle and St. Louis that we've just been talking about, too. You can kind of tell you know, the differences in talent level, but also in the trajectories that these coaching staffs have Vegas and Orlando on. Very, very disparate uh, outcomes. But, <laughs> I mean, St. Louis is good. You give it to them. 100%. And, and there's really not a ton to say. You know, they made a big deal about Vegas getting one of their defensive backs back. He had been injured. Uh, this was his first game of the season. Yeah. Former Alabama football player. And, you know, all this hype around him. And I believe he's still got a pick. But at the same time. It's at just the same time. <laughs> nothing. So if you go to Alabama. There was. If you go to Alabama and you don't make it in the NFL, something went wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, also, complete <clears throat> side note, part of the reason St. Louis didn't score in the first quarter is because Hakeem Butler still can't catch a fucking ball in the middle of the field. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. is. He can catch on the outside, like at the goal line. Most Anything of the that's, if it's hitting him in the center of his body, he's dropping it, guaranteed. Right, right. And it's, it drives me fucking insane. How dare you throw that ball perfectly? I need it to be thrown imperfectly, and I will catch it. Yeah, or just make me, you know, make me have to work for it. I don't want to just right. be able to sit here and play catch with you. It's, it's maddening, man. <laughs> it is. 
ridiculous. There's not a ton else to say about this game. Let's just get to the players of the game. Uh, St. Louis covered the two and a half point spread, which is astonishing. And it was that... only two and a half points. Yeah. Yeah. Because, it's, I mean, every, Vegas has started off every other game strong and then failed to finish and St. Louis in the inverse. But, like, it blows my mind that this was only two and a half. Uh, I will say, though, we have been the only ones who have called this a potential blowout from the start. Yep. Like, most people have been calling this a potential upset pick. And none of us have seen it. I still don't understand how people were seeing that. I've always thought St. Louis is a lot better than Vegas, and it showed here. Mm-hmm. I think Vegas probably, like Las Vegas casinos, originally had this at a reasonable line, something that we would probably yeah. have agreed with. And the, the money live probably line. kept coming in on Vipers. Yep. The live line reflected that as well, too. Yeah. Naturally. Uh, and then the under was at 46, which, again, that's not as surprising between Bidet and Perez. Like, this offense has been just fine. So Well, and, and last week, Vegas put up 35 points. Exactly. They've, right. they've got the ability to just – they were very outmatched in this one. Moving on to our players of the game, I guess A.J. McCarron didn't throw a pick this week, so good on him. Uh, yeah, and I hate two quarterbacks in a row, but you got to give it up to A.J. McCarron for this game. When they earn it, they earn it. looked very good. And I, I'm so used to him having great games and having that one mistake where you're just like, oh, whatever. It is right. what it is. I watched a lot of football this weekend. Uh, he was 23 of 39, 236 yards, three touchdowns, four carries for 18 yards on the rushing side as well. More than he normally does, give him that. Mm-hmm. Not good. And then on the defensive side of the ball, also from St. Louis, Carson Wells, two solo tackles, four total, one and a half sacks, and one TFL. Not a statistical leader in most categories. Honestly, the most disruptive player for this defense. Wells just made plays at the right time. And unfortunately, yet again, we can't get a good picture. At least this one is of him as a battle hawk. But wrong game. It's the only picture that exists of him on the field for St. Louis. At least it's of him on the team. That's the key. Right. Right. It's improved. Not yeah, it's good. A good. It's a good shot of his it's butt. So I was, yeah. was going to say, because also the A.J. McCarron picture is incorrect, too, because that's definitely Seattle on the other side. In of the line. background. Yep. Yeah. I got to say, mean... too, this was, <laughs> a, this was week six. Um, I feel like. You know, we didn't do any type of, like, midseason, hey, who do we think is going to win MVP and all this stuff. But I feel like A.J. McCarron has to be a front runner for that. I could see it. Hopefully it's not just a quarterback award again. I hope it's not, too. And I think Abram Smith from D.C. is another guy that's going to be a front runner for it. He had some great runs, and we'll talk more about the D.C. game later. He had some great runs. Not. Maybe. He, I mean, is he look, still leading the league in passing yards and touchdowns? I'm not sure. I'll look that up. You you go ahead. You get on. Anyway, honestly, it'd be awesome. I highly doubt it will happen. It'd be awesome to get Abram Smith in that conversation from DC. That's what I'm uh, saying. I think I think he's in the conversation, and he he rightfully should be in the conversation. 
Will it go anywhere? Will it benefit him at all? Who knows? That's okay. that's the issue. So Ben DiNucci is leading in yards. AJ McCarron's leading in touchdowns. Ben DiNucci is also leading in interceptions. Um, but Abram Smith is ahead in rushing by about 200 yards. Yeah, which was yeah. one game one last game. week. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! <clears throat> All right. All right. Let's let's push it. Moving on to our next game. This one, the worst game of the weekend. <laughs> uh, yeah, as good as all the other offenses were, these two offenses were disastrous. Like I, what the hell happened? We're talking about San Antonio versus Arlington. The final score here was 15-9. to The Brahmas getting the win and very much staying alive in the playoff conversation for the South. Yeah. Uh, they they were not favored in this one. Uh, three and and if you're sitting there underdog. thinking, didn't we talk about San Antonio-Arlington last week? Yes, we did. Uh, this was part two at Arlington this time. They did not and schedule them back-to-back weeks. Yes, yes sir, they, they did. did. God you know what? damn it. XFL. Different result this time uh, to such an extent that Arlington cut one of their quarterbacks. <laughs> Which blows my mind. It, the under the line was set at 33, the under hit. It blows my mind because Kyle Sloter is the one that they got rid of. They kept Drew Plitt, and if you ask me, Sloter was better. Not that we're Not like comparing week. great quarterback versus great quarterback, but – this week, Drew Plitt looked better, and maybe that was the gauntlet thrown down. If this game, both your jobs are on the line, whichever one of you looks better after this game will get to stay. Maybe that's what they said. I don't know. But I agree with you. Overall, of course, the season, I don't know which one's better. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you. This week, definitely Plitt was better. Not good enough. Still lost. So... <laughs> rough, rough going for Arlington here. Uh, here's the they thing: they did though, just get, they did just get Lewis Perez, right? And I fully expect we'll see Lewis Perez step in for Arlington here, and hopefully, get to see Lewis Perez in the playoffs. Uh, assuming Arlington can keep up any kind of lead on San Antonio, it's going to be harder after this. Absolutely. And the more embarrassing thing, this has been an issue for San Antonio all years that their offense can't get out of, you know, first gear, basically. Yeah. They didn't have a single offensive point. It They had three field goals and a touchdown on a football recovery. Which, yeah. hey, good job, San Antonio, getting that fumble recovery. Also, Arlington, what is you doing? What is you doing? You can't beat that. Come yeah. on. It's, and San Antonio's got the issue that they've had at least one quarterback injury. I don't know if Cone was injured in this one. I, For the record, I didn't get to see this one until the two-minute warning, and I was working out while watching it. Um, yeah, ice, ice Cream didn't play at all. Kurt Benkert came in, who was who? a recent signing, former practice squad guy for the Green Bay Packers, uh, originally drafted to the Roughnecks, decided not to play football, and then decided, hey, I would actually like to play football. He's just a free agent now. I don't understand why he was drafted to the Roughnecks. I thought he'd have to play for the Roughnecks. 
whatever. He went into this game and looked like dog water, like a guy who hasn't played quarterback in a year and a half, which is probably true. So <laughs> maybe he'll get better. No idea. I sure hope so, for he his sake. He can't get worse. I mean, <laughs> oh, don't don't say that. Everyone says that, and then it gets worse. Here's I here's mean, the worst part about all this. Pretty hard to be worse than the stats he put up. Gotta be honest. They gave <laughs> Jack if Cohen. you have played quarterback for any professional level before, and you put up worse stats than that, I'm going to be questioning a lot of things. <laughs> anyway, they sorry. Gave, <laughs> they gave Jack Cone such a long leash to then put in Stinnett and him get hurt after playing fantastically last week. They're in a horrible position. I'm amazed that they didn't try and make a move for Luis Perez. I, I don't know I'm how well Perez was on the market. The market. I'm surprised. Yeah, yeah that's, that's really the thing. Brent Hundley's looked fine when he's come in, though. Right? I, I mean, mean it's... Maybe, maybe Ben Kirk will look fine, give him another week or two to get the rust off, maybe. I mean, I don't know. There's, there's still options here, and it's not like the defense is preventing them from winning games anyway. Like, their defense has been pretty dang good this entire mm-hmm. season. Just the offense has been that much worse. So, if the defense can keep winning them games, all right, you have some time to figure it out. Yeah. But time is running out. I also did just find out this week that Joey Porter is on that coaching staff. Yep. It's very exciting. Yep. Moving on to our players of the week. Jacquez Patrick. I wonder why their colors are yellow and gun metal gray. It's so weird. It's crazy. Wild. There was one offensive player for the Brahmas that did something. It was Jacquez Patrick. 15 carries. Or That's got to be backwards. 15 carries for 82 yards. Three catches for 18 yards. Ugh. That's so gross. That's such a horrible... They did a so, run back. Yeah, that's such a horrible. Yeah. Like this is. Uh, that was the best player. That was the best offensive player they had. That's why it's horrible. Those right. are just so. Uh, this is so mediocre by themselves. I guess is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he's the only player in this game to have over 100 yards from scrimmage, like from either team. So yeah, good job on that. And uh, he didn't score. Nobody scored on offense this game. So, <laughs> why the is the offensive play, on, Why is the offensive player of the game not the kicker? Then we discussed it. Long he's not good enough. Yards. Yeah, he wasn't actually good enough. Like he's not a oh, good kicker. Man. He was just put in situations where he could make some a couple of chip shots, and they spent I mean, way too much time on him. Forty-seven yards is one kick. That's one example. Yeah. No, there's nothing, also, nothing to seize at. I couldn't right. do it. And the broadcast spent way too much time talking about his kid, and they interviewed his wife in the stands, who obviously didn't want to be interviewed. It was very awkward, and I hated it, and I don't want to talk about it. So that's why the kicker's not the player of the game. So thanks for bringing it up. Jeez. John Parker Romo, for uh, reference, uh, former Virginia Tech Hokie. You could have left 90% of what you just said. I out. couldn't if we were talking about the kicker. Romo is fine as a kicker. He doesn't exist as a human, though. Who's, who's our defensive player of the team. game? We Where's actually have two. Thank you. I, I, I can see that. I do have eyes. I'll let you take this away, uh, Doug. 
As long as I don't have to talk about kickers anymore. Jeez. Look, All right, calm down Irvin. there, Urban Meyer. <laughs> I won't bring Urban Meyer up, I promise. <laughs> no, we have two defensive players this game, uh, in part because one of them is a linebacker and is kind of it's his job to get tackles, and he did that very well. Uh, but I thought it'd be interesting to talk about another guy in there as well, doing something a little bit different for him. And there are two guys totally worthy of this, so why not bring them both up? Delonte Scott, number 45 for him, uh, four solo tackles, seven total, two sacks, two TFLs, and a forced fumble. My man was everywhere. What's weird? We only have one each. That's good. That's good. I appreciate it. Why, why is it when you bring that up every time multiple sacks come up, it's funny, but when I do, it's wrong. When I bring it up, you laugh. And when you bring it up, I don't laugh. I do. I'm sorry. I'm I'm the one telling the joke and you laugh. It's something you can control. Feel free to had, laugh at your own jokes if you want to. I thought to. we had a joke. I ain't going to stop you. I thought it was a show joke. My bad. It is. It is. And it is good. It's a good job. <laughs> Jordan Williams is the one who recovered. The fumble that Delonte Scott forced. He also scored the only touchdown for the Promise this weekend and racked up 14 total tackles, six of them by himself. Three of those were behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, Jordan Williams, I do believe, leads the league in tackles. And well, if yeah, not, 14 this week, I hope so. Right. If not, he's catching up. <laughs> but Delonte Scott has been good multiple weeks. I believe we have called him out as a player of the game before. He's won it at least once, yes. Yeah. He's he's one of those wrecking crew guys. Uh, the Brahma's defense has never been their issue. I know they're only two and four. This defense is solid. 100%. Let's continue on to... The best game of the week. I mean, it was definitely the best game of the week. It was. It was, it was supposed to be. And there it were came down to the end. I mean, it's not like it did. There were there were some other issues that we will definitely get into. Uh, we're of course talking about Monday Night Football, Houston at DC. Houston would lose this one, twenty six to thirty seven. DC covered the two point spread and the over of forty three hit. Now, a lot of offense in this game, and. Yes. Houston lost by two possessions. Why are we, you know, and it's really a close two possessions, right? Why are we kind of poo-pooing this a little bit, right? <clears throat> I think the first place to start, uh, and this is something that we're going to talk a little bit more about, but the referees, man, like this is Houston. Nothing that Houston got called for was wrong, right? Right. And I wanted to stop Doug before he got there. But D.C. was getting away with a lot of stuff that Houston was not. And it seemed like Houston just happened to be the team that got that first call against them. And then they were locked in. They're like, all right, we're getting them every yeah. time. Um, now, of course, they did not help themselves. First of all, D.C. is a very good team. At home, even better. And then when the game's kind of going back and forth, you can't throw a pick six. And that's exactly what Brandon Silvers did. What do you know? We might have a little bit of a quarterback controversy going on in Houston now because Cole McDonald looked amazing with the reins taken taken off of him. Slight spoiler alert: Cole McDonald was very nearly the player of the game on offense, even on the losing team. 
Absolutely. He was fantastic this game for him. I did not expect Cole McDonald to throw the ball at all. And he had the most fast yards on anybody. <laughs> it seemed like. He, and here's the now, thing, Jordan though. Jordan Tamu did very well, too. Not going not gonna to lie. Jordan yes. Tamu threw the ball extremely well, surprisingly well, I, I would say, against this Roughnecks defense. But Cole McDonald diced up the D.C. defense just the same. And I, I put it in here that uh, Jordan Tamu looked like 2020 Jordan Tamu. Yeah. He absolutely did. What was most impressive to me is you see a lot of guys completing short dump-offs, uh, routes over the middle. He seemed to find his rhythm hitting those guys at the numbers and outside the numbers. And that's yes. where he really started getting comfortable. And then everything started to come together. Now, well, I think I even put in our Discord, if if you want to join the Discord, join in these conversations live while they're happening, to be great. Uh, I even put in there a couple of throws consecutively from Jordan Tommy were some of the best throws from him I've ever seen in my life. They were drops. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean they weren't damn near perfect throws from Jordan Tamu down the sideline. Like, he played very well. And that's some of the unfortunate uh, pieces of it. He was 19 of 31. Definitely some drops in there. And we'll give him about five settling into the game, settling into the passing game. He was asked to pass a lot more than he has been right. in the past. Uh, not to say the running game didn't take off. Abram Smith still had 95 yards on 19 carries, right? Still a, a fine day running the football. Uh, it's just, and, you know, we and talked about Cole McDonald. so much better as the game went on, by the mm-hmm. way, too. That was incredible to see. And Abram Smith is a really great running back for this league and just continually improves. It was, it was honestly, it was kind of crazy. The first half, kind of what I expected. DC was getting stopped on the run a little bit. Houston's been great at run defense all year. And Abram Smith kind of couldn't find those creases. Second half comes around. He's dipping under guys, ducking around dudes at the line of scrimmage. You think it's going to be a tackle for like he, one or two yards. He breaks it loose for 15. It was <laughs> the craziest thing I've ever seen. Love that. Love his. That. His long of the day was 30, and the way the play started breaking down, I thought we were going to see another 60-yard touchdown run, like oh, we saw yeah. two of last week. I I am amazed Houston got there. But, again, we, we you just said it. Their run defense has been amazing. What I think, aside from maybe a little help from the refs and absolutely a pick six that changed the momentum of that game entirely, uh, Houston's run offense did not get going. Max Borgie who I have praised uh, a lot this year, only 25 yards rushing on 11 carries, and then your leading rusher is Cole McDonald at 37 yards. By the way, we've talked about him quite a bit. His 85-yard touchdown pass to uh, Deontay Burnett, is that right? Yeah, I nailed it. To Deontay Burnett, that was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. It really was. (laughs) Which was – it seemed like a busted coverage to some extent, yeah. but also it seemed like it was potentially the way that defense was called because Cole McDonald really hadn't thrown before. Yeah. And the defensive backs were caught looking in the backfield. Yep. One receiver just happened to get just behind him enough. And it was like a 20 yard through the air throw. Yeah. But it was... catching him. 
And I man, they could not catch it. I have it in here, and I'm pretty sure I tweeted it too. As great as Cole McDonald is, man, he's fucking scary to watch at some points. Oh yes, he at one point scrambles out to the left. Defenders coming in from all angles, looks back across his body to the middle of the field, wide open. So I know the middle dead middle of the field. I mean. Completely wide open, but absolutely everything you tell a young quarterback not to do, Cole McDonald did it, and it looked Yeah, amazing. it was scrambled, scramble to the left. So now he's on his back foot, kind of in midair, leaning back, yeets it to the middle of the field, across his body, and it was a completed pass. I, I love that we get the full motion recap there, too. Yeah, I know. I figured you would. You like seeing dudes move around for you. It didn't even make as sense. Much, no, no, it didn't. <laughs> as much as we've talked about Cole McDonald, Jordan Tomu, Abram Smith, and the great games they had, there's one guy we thought had a little bit better of a game, though, and that's Lucky Jackson. And I swear, he had five. He only had five catches. I thought he had yards. 45 catches. Dude was everywhere. Oh, he was everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. He was, he, the thing is, he had five catches. Uh, I think three of those were at the exact needed moment that DC just had to get a couple of yards and he would break out for 25, 30 of them. It was lucky. Jackson was exactly what DC needed this game. to and bust it, loose. It's a little unfortunate. They play on a soccer field because the, the particular grass they use a little bit slicker for the soccer ball, clearly, uh, and slide tackles and all that fun stuff there. I think it was a little wet, a little bit of rain in the air. There was at least out. There was one catch and maybe it was an incompletion, maybe it was one of his catches, where he slid as he was catching it and could not stop himself from going out of bounds. But it seemed like he was always on that right sideline and always finding a way to bust open and break it for a big game. Except for that one time where he just double clutched and went right up the middle of the field and got a touchdown. Yep. <laughs> that happened too. Love that yep. too. <laughs> it's, and that's the other thing. He, I could have swore he had two or three touchdowns. I mean, it was, I know. It it was that type of game for him. It was. It felt it was like really, it. it was Western really Kentucky product. This week. Represent. <laughs> <laughs> and then, if you're if you're watching on YouTube or live with us here on Twitch, uh, Glenn Logan, our defensive player of the week from Houston, by way of LSU, as you can see by his uniform here. Uh, At least he's attack- wearing the same number. That's cool, yeah, right? Three solo tackles, four total, one sack, one TFL. This Houston Roughnecks defense, aside from committing a personal foul penalty, I think somebody threw a punch. I looked away and just saw somebody getting thrown out. Yeah, that that one was fun. (laughs) One of those uh, blow-the-belt blows uh, ended up getting ejected. Anyway, uh, yeah, the front seven for Houston has been great all year. And they were great in this game, too. I actually had a couple of goal line stands. Mm-hmm. Just D.C. just kept coming. Why are and, you going to uh, run on the goal line against Houston? I know. And I think, again, I said in Discord as we were watching this live, I'd swear defensive player of the game is still that Houston front seven. They just keep dominating. The defensive backs can't keep up. And we saw that with Lucky Jackson, Jordan Tamu, like, like having breakout games. 
Uh, this front seven is incredible. And watching the game, really the past couple of weeks, I've really been able to start keying in on who's causing the most disruption, who's been the biggest freaking nature out there for this front seven. Has to be somebody doing something phenomenal. And I really do believe that is Glenn Logan. Just a, he is a revelation, that defensive tackle for this Houston Roughnecks team. Wow, what a player. Legitimately, watching him just bust through like three different dudes on the offensive line every single play. He always, always finds his way into the backfield, whether he's on the side of the play or not. It doesn't matter. The fact he's in there every single freaking play is just so impressive. And I like his green hair too. It's cool. So <laughs> there it is. Player of the game because green hair. Yes. I will say my last comment before uh, we completely finish up with this game. I've, I've spoken highly of Brandon Silvers. And I think I've made this comparison. I don't know if I made it live on air, but I've made the, I know I've made this comparison among ourselves at least. He is Rex Grossman 2.0. When he's on, he is on. And when he's bad, he's bad. And that's what we saw this week. And the Roughnecks did the right thing. I've not been a fan of Teams going back and forth between quarterbacks. They did the right yep. thing, uh, especially letting Cole McDonald get out there and prove that he's got it. Because, like I said, right. and like DC thought too, they didn't think he was going to pass. He's still a very good passer. I mean, he was amazing at Hawaii. I don't know why. I don't know why this idea that he can't throw the ball got there in the first place. But. Yeah, that is true. That is true. He just hasn't thrown the ball for so long. Just seems like something nobody can Maybe. expect out of him. Maybe they thought when he cut his dreads, he wasn't going to be able to throw the ball anymore. That's dude's uh, Samson, actually. Lost, 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 lost power. Yes. So let's uh, <laughs> let's take a gander white man dreads our, though. <laughs> let's take our gander. Let's take a gander at our pick'em league. Doug, I'm slowly but surely catching up to you. And Doug, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> uh, so we all knew this would happen I hit the per- the parlay the first week we did this and then I've been losing ground every week since Bugs catching up it's inevitable it will happen at, at least you hit the parlay <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm the only one of I us who have hit a parlay this season so that's cool yeah you only hit one pick for the entire week that's, i'm telling you there's gonna come one fun. week where i'm just gonna select everything on the parlay and it's gonna be the one week that i actually hit everything i picked see if you were bug i would believe that's going to happen but it's you <laughs> so it's never gonna happen for you if it if it makes you feel better i only hit one of my parlay picks so that's rough that's, I uh, hit that's one bad total. look yeah this works <laughs> I didn't have a good week. I don't know where I'm coming from with this energy. I, I'm still have a 200 point lead though, which, as far as we've seen past few weeks, I'm probably safe for one more week anyway, even if I drop them all. Uh, but it won't hold for very long. I, I feel like I'm losing ground here, and I am clearly 80 points of it. But you know, it feels like you're gaining on me very rapidly. I hate this. <laughs> It also doesn't help that I skipped all dang week. So yeah, no, yeah. Doug. It, if it makes you feel better, you're dead in the average on the week between Bug and I. Yeah, 
Well, and average, baby. Just as a reminder, if anyone would like to join, hit us up on Twitter. We'll find a way to get you in there. Uh, picks are due by Friday this week, the 31st. So get up for it, get your picks in. And little update from our fantasy league uh, that Tug and I are doing. We actually won this week. Hey. In, large, in large part to Jordan Ta'amu. Uh, what what a week he had. I knew I knew taking the DC quarterback room would pay off eventually. Just it took us a while to get there. Don't get me wrong. It took us a while to get there. We're sitting in a playoff spot too, aren't we? Right in fourth place. Uh, let me let me see. Waiting for play like Google. I'll come back to it later. It's All not right. uh nope, there it is. Uh yeah, we're sitting in fourth place. Right there. Five hundred. I didn't believe it was possible, y'all. <laughs> but winning games. What is this? It's time. Not Orlando. <laughs> Correct. Thanks. It's time for the week six bug. We're gonna start with the bad, and uh, it's it's the officiating. It just it seems like in Orlando. <laughs> no, no, we got an ugly. It just seems okay. like they are. <laughs> keying in on one team like we said earlier they'll make there's a, a mistake that's made and now everything they do that's wrong is getting called doesn't matter what it is where it is what it is uh it in fairness the the biggest offender was this houston game but it doesn't help that there's a houston player squirting a water bottle on an official either that was a 15 yeah. yard penalty um and then they just seem to kind of let the other team get away if get away with it if you want to make a point you want to clamp down and control the game do it both ways. It's just well, it's, we even heard the ref because almost everything gets live broadcast, even the private ref conversations. Yep. The ref was like, "Let's make an example out of them." Oh God! <laughs> like, you can't say that. <laughs> you can't right. do that. So, yeah, Houston has reason to feel like they got undeservedly bent over this week by the refs. And to I've, an extent, an unreasonable I've, extent. I've seen some Houston fans online saying they're done with the league. They're not watching this anymore because of shit like that. And it's it's not a good look. And the ugly, though. They're mic'd up. Yeah. The ugly. Well, and here's the thing. They have to flip their switch down so that you can hear what they're saying. Like, it should be like, a, oh, don't be a dumbass switch. But no, it's still being an idiot. Uh, the ugly. The Vipers, man. I I legitimately start out that game. I said, hey, the Vipers are improving. This is going to be a good game. And then I later redacted that by saying, never mind, the Vipers suck. Because it was fucking horrendous. Uh, and then the only thing worse than that is the Fairweather fans in Orlando. Like, this team was – this team just has no – they have no fans. Tampa had a similar problem three years ago, and the only time that they've been successful is when the Orlando Apollos were playing at the Bounce House, which is a smaller stadium. I don't understand why the Guardians aren't playing there. That's a different discussion. Uh, But it also helped that the Apollos were the best team in the AAF. Meanwhile, the Guardians are the worst in a lot of moves. Always, yeah. I, the I gotta, there's a record, that's for sure. Can, Absolutely. That's verifiable. Can we call them Fairweather fans if there's never been good weather? There's yeah, because it was with the AAF Apollos. And also, 
this was this kind of flew under the radar. The heat caused the headsets to stop working. Yeah. And then for whatever reason, the teams were having the quarterbacks run back the plays in back and forth instead of, you know, using a wide receiver like has been done for years in football. I don't I don't get it. It was technology cool, throw back throw back to youth football league. Yeah, technology's made us dumb though. <laughs> like use a receiver to run the play in, not the quarterback. Come on. No, he's uh, the quarterback. He can be tired. Right? That's the best player to have tired on the field. Yes. There was a lot of good this week, though. Aside from one game, the offenses, one game and one team, offenses looked a lot better. It was nice to see offenses really come alive across the league, something that we've kind of been waiting for, and we've seen spurts of uh, just – I feel like this really was a good offensive week because we were able to see – different things from these offenses. Jordan Ta'amu, Cole McDonald, uh, St. Louis did the same Those old, two. same old. Quentin Normandy. Uh, Abram you know, Smith. Uh, Abram Smith, yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot to be excited on the offensive side of the ball here. Lucky Jackson. I mean, only DC guys. <laughs> and then DC hey, is a great offense. We saw that this week displayed for sure. We had our first trade <laughs> of the league. Hey. Which also deserves some more recognition than it's going to get because I think this move helps both teams out. Let me pull up the details of this trade real quick. Uh, I had it up. I should have left it up. It's Lewis Perez for a linebacker. Lewis Perez for a linebacker to Vegas, which they could absolutely use uh, because their defense got absolutely yeah. torched this week. So it's a move that helps both teams. Yeah, most mm-hmm. it's a move that helps both teams. Love to see it. Yep. Yep. You ready for your uh your power rankings, Doug? Yep. Let's do so it. So I am. I don't think number one's gonna be a surprise. Uh it is DC. They're six and oh. They look damn good doing it. I don't know what to say at this point. Uh the only team that's given any trouble at all all season has been number two. The St. Louis Battlehawks, yeah, they're also a very good team. I don't think anyone's disputing that at this point. Uh, I think it will be interesting to some folks comparing what I had last week and then what we talked about this episode. If you go ahead and pull up three and four, uh, I flipped those positions compared to last week, I believe, and then I flipped them right back, and then I flipped them again, and I, I don't know what to do with Houston and Seattle at the moment. Put them both at three. It, it feels like Seattle is inconsistent. Houston beats themselves. I don't know which of those is worse. Yeah, but and Seattle beat Houston. Yeah, but like, do I do I trust that if they met today on a neutral field? Here's here's know. what's going to be the real test and what we really need to see. I I am cool with kind of doing away with Seattle's first two games of the year. We kind of all said it, that it was going to be something like we're going to have to kind of see and work through. And week one, they played a very close game with D.C., just ultimately weren't able to come away with it. I'm interested to see how they play D.C. next time because Houston was supposed to be the second best, second, third best team in the league, depending on who you asked. Got absolutely worked by D.C. Meanwhile, St. Louis played them lost by four, and then lost by eight. Right, so a combined 12 points. 
Houston just lost to them by uh, nine. They only by eleven. They only played them once, yeah. right? Yeah. So you know, I'm I've, I'm still going back and forth in my head on this one. Do I put Houston or Seattle at three? Which one of them goes at four? I don't know. Uh, for purposes of making this slide, I put Houston at three and Seattle at four. Right now, I feel like Seattle would be at three and Houston at four. And that'll probably change in the next 60 minutes. So let's play another week and sort this out, please. Uh, but my number five team is settled this week for sure in my head. I'm putting the San Antonio Promise ahead of number six, the Arlington Renegades, which is probably surprising considering number one, San Antonio has a worse record, and we just saw them go one and one against each other in back-to-back weeks. Here's something to consider. San Antonio has been getting better. Uh, Arlington has been getting a little bit worse, and these games have caused Arlington to make a change to their roster. Uh, San Antonio has not done that. I believe firmly San Antonio is much more comfortable with their team going forward right now, even with all the quarterback issues, than Arlington is. I think Arlington's a little bit of panic mode because they expect to be better than they are right now even though they're at three and three and still right now in line to make the playoffs, it certainly feels like San Antonio is coming for that spot. And I would not all be surprised if San Antonio makes it over. If San Antonio, if Senate is able to come back and San Antonio gets him back, Arlington better hope that Bob Stoops can get everything possible out of Luis Perez or they are screwed. Yeah. Right. Right. And I think that's very possible. I just, we haven't seen that yet. And at yep. this week, I would expect the promise to be better. Uh, this calls for a tier break. So that's why we have Dean Blandino <laughs> here at number seven. Uh, also, he is a stand in for the entirety of XFL officiating. He is the head of officiating. I think it counts. Uh, also, look at that smile. Dean Blandino got a face for TV. Good job. Anyway. <laughs> uh, I don't think the refs have been bad, which is why they're only at number seven and not below that. They have not been as bad as the umpire that threw out JT Realmuto yesterday. Oh, my gosh. Talk about small man syndrome, man. Yeah. Yeah. He might be shorter than Tug, if you can believe it. (laughs) He embarrassed me. (laughs) Oh, my God. No, I like a lot of things that the XFL is doing with this, like the the transparency through almost everything, the ability to challenge everything, even all penalties, is fantastic. Or no Let's, calls. Let, right, right. I think all of that is awesome. I also have seen a couple of weeks now where there are some questionable calls out there, and it, like what you were saying, it feels like these refs are trying to get one over on somebody sometimes it's like i don't know this is a this is a weird mixed bag of officiating it, it feels and, very like high school-esque you know i was always yeah. told like don't make a show of something because there's not a ton of refs in high school sports and they're gonna fucking remember you and take it out on you later and it feels like we're getting to that point of the season and that's starting to happen in the xfl 
I'm not here to justify it. I am here to say that if I have a problem, kid, we do talk about that amongst the other refs. Give him a heads up. Yeah. Was Doug? Doug frozen? Yes, Doug, Doug is frozen. Oh, man. Doug? He was on such a fucking roll, too. Yeah, he was. <sighs> this this face is beautiful, though. Oh, I can't yeah. bring him back in. Damn. <laughs> it was a beautiful place to get stuck. <laughs> oh, Doug, if you are listening, do you want us to continue on with your tier list, or are you going to come back here? Because I will continue on with it, no problem at all. There's three spots left, but there's only two teams. So what's going to be our wild card, and what two teams do we have? How do we have them? We'll go with eight and nine here. It's Vegas, the Vipers, and Orlando in nine. Look, I agree with Doug. This could easily be flipped. Uh, but the problem is Vegas has a win and Orlando doesn't. And it seems like Orlando's really got a lot of things figured out. Like I said earlier, too, they didn't shoot themselves in the foot to the degree that they have in weeks in previous weeks. That helps them a lot. But unfortunately, still being winless is not going to help you. Well, especially power. especially when your loss is to the team you're fighting for positioning with. Yeah, I mean they've they've lost yeah. to Vegas, so I mean that doesn't that's Vegas they, is one, one and win. only one. Yeah. So it's unfortunate. Uh last but oh, not least. Wait. Drum roll, please. Well Doug makes the announcement of tenth place in the power rankings. My computer decided it needed to restart itself. That was very unfortunate. Oh uh, just, dude, you should have seen the face it paused you at. Like it was Absolutely fantastic. I mean, yeah, it's great. Good stuff. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So we're back. We're back in action. Uh, I see you guys talk about Vegas and Orlando already. Uh, like I said before, though, as soon as Orlando, like, wins the game, they'll probably be up, like, three spots in these. <laughs> Just straight up. Got to be real. Uh, they haven't won yet, so fuck them. <laughs> but that does leave us at number 10, which is the entire state of Florida. You can go fuck yourselves. Uh, here, Here's a couple of really important points before Tug jumps in and tries to defend the state of Florida for some reason or whatever. You're not going to. to. The field sucked ass. Players were slipping all over the place. Which is... Is bad game. considering there was a game at Cashman Field this week too. Yeah, like we've seen some bad fields this year. This was the worst field conditions have ever been this season in Orlando. Fuck you for that. Also, it was like ninety something degrees. It ruined equipment. That sucks. Don't play football in ninety something degrees, please. It's brutal Agreed. and. No, Tug, you don't have permission to wince about it. <laughs> Big dudes cannot handle playing football in 96 fucking degrees. I know you're they too do. small to understand. So, they do it fine in Miami if they play for Miami. Miami doesn't fucking count. Miami is a shithole in, in the middle of hell. 
and it deserves to not have a team. Cannon Air Force Base? What are you talking about Cannon Air Force Base for? That's not in Florida. (laughs) It's a different shithole in the middle of hell. Uh, (laughs) Anyway. Different uh, levels of hell. Also, uh, fair weather fans to the max. Nobody came to this game. It was like less than 2,000 people in attendance. That is brutal. I hate to see it. And it's all Florida's fault. Florida can go fuck themselves. Um, I don't have any other reasons to hate Florida right now in the world of sports. I mean, they'll give us a reason eventually, I promise. We'll think of something. We'll get there. I, I still am mad about the Buccaneers changing to that digital clock face looking bullshit on their jerseys. Florida can still fuck themselves for that in particular. I think the the slight color change in the Dolphins logo looked awful when it happened, and I wish they could go back to their seventies jerseys. I'll get back. The whole on that. state of Florida, the whole state of Florida is brutal for everything that I care about right now. So, see, that's just, that's what I was gonna say, and it's probably gonna piss you off in a different way. But I was gonna say we don't give a damn about the whole state of Florida. Yeah, or Michigan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Doug, I'm gonna I'm gonna kick you out for a second because your your audio and video is so out of sync. That's which, cool. This is kind of convenient because we are gonna transition to something else today. The USFL. Now we we've talked about how we're gonna have to organize this when the USFL and XFL overlap, and we have the FCF in here as well. These shows are gonna get a little bit longer. We're gonna have more to talk about. Well, this is kind of iteration one of that because there were two teams that had their uniform reveals. And we'll do this, and we'll come back to the XFL, finish with kind of what to look forward to this weekend. But staying with current events and current news, the Pittsburgh Maulers went through a color change, which as much as I love the orange and purple, and I'm sure everybody loved the orange and purple, Pittsburgh's colors are black and yellow. So let's give them a black and yellow uniform. The Pittsburgh Maulers are looking mighty sharp and much like an NFL team uh, that you may or may not be familiar with. Yeah, yeah, it's very similar, actually. Almost the right. The only thing they didn't do was they have the logo on both sides of the helmet, and the helmet looks almost identical to the Steelers' helmet. Um, and I've I noticed I'm noticing this now too. Both of these guys have visors on. Obviously, they don't want it to be about the man in the uniform. They want it to be about the uniform. Blacked out visors, and they're both sleeves visors, which is interesting to me because that is not really. Uh, any big-time company I've ever seen advertised with any sports league. So it's pretty cool to see uh, see some expansion there as well, like we've seen previously in these spring leagues. The second team, and I'm kind of biased, and this is part of the reason I want to do this, uh, the Memphis Showboats officially have uniforms now. We've seen helmet leaks leading up to it. Uh, I know for our audio listeners, this isn't much. Go check out their Twitter or check out the video version on YouTube, backslash at Big Dudes in the Trenches. Catch us live on Twitch. Maybe you've seen this live. Uh, beautiful blue and yellow, very much looking like the Grizzlies colors here, trying to connect with the city of Memphis. A departure from the red and white of the original USFL. And they've got the boat on the helmet. 
that looks pretty cool. Their M with the uh, uh, the steamboat stacks on it's pretty cool. Yeah, it, it, they look like crowns, but they're steamboat stacks too. It's 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 a really cool design. And then I don't I don't know about y'all. The Giants did this a while back where they had the the blue with the red shoulders. Memphis is going with a blue and yellow shoulders or white and blue shoulders on the road. The only thing they didn't do was the sides, right? So it's just across the top, top of the shoulder, the sides of the shoulders are back to that normal color. I almost wish they'd have just kept the yellow all the way across or the blue all the way across on their away jersey. What are you guys kind of thoughts on some of the aesthetics of these jerseys here? I, I honestly really like the way they look. I think it stands out just the right way. Uh, also, I am going to highlight what you were saying earlier. These guys are also wearing sleep spizers. Yep. Um, so that's looking like that's a league sponsorship, if I had to guess. Not a team sponsorship. But I don't quite – I've never even heard of sleeps. So I don't I don't know what's going on there. But, no, I like these jerseys as, as they are. I, I wouldn't keep the yellow or the blue all the way across. Doug, comments? I think the away looks better than the home. I think the away is clean as hell. That's I don't fair. know if I like that much yellow. I guess but that's fair. That's that's a fair argument. I I'll enjoy blue and yellow together, uh, but I know why you don't. So that's that's fair. And yeah, what's weird to me about it too? Sleeves, as the name would imply, is S L E E F S sleeves, right? Uh, oh, I they, thought that was sleeps. No, sleeves. No, you just can't uh, read. I don't know how you're still a pilot. I have sensors that read for me. <laughs> yeah, I wow. mean, it's visors are not kind of their primary thing, so it's really interesting to see that that's what they're showing off with their logo on there. But hey, to each their own. So yeah. that's everything that's happened this week and today, even here on Tuesday night. Uh, if you're listening to the audio version, sorry, it's a little late, but we will have this out before the XFL games take place for week seven. Let's get right on into those starting off with some Friday night football. Like we mentioned earlier, uh, this is a must win for both teams between Seattle and Arlington. The game will take place in Texas at Choctaw stadium in Arlington, 7 PM Eastern on FX and ESPN plus. Now is it half Choctaw? God damn it. <laughs> what a Cherokee and Choctaw, okay. Well I was asking because if, if it was I was gonna ask if the other half was Cherokee. I mean it's it'd be interesting. Why Here's... is it with XFL scheduling that Seattle plays the first game on five of the seven weeks, and I haven't even gone into weeks eight, nine, and ten. It's a great question. Because why not? Because fuck them. That's why. Here's yeah. what I'm <laughs> excited to see. Because we've kind of said Perez, you know, Arlington, maybe. Yeah, this is gonna this is gonna be do or die for Arlington in a lot of ways. But also Seattle, they've got to stop playing down their competition because this could very well killed their season right here that's yeah. very true that's very true and it being in arlington will definitely make an impact there as well so even though arlington hasn't really wowed us there are plenty of reasons to tune into this one and you bet your ass i will be 
I'll probably be high on pay meds too. I'll get my wisdom teeth out that morning. Let's go. Nice. No, you just you just get high on pay meds every Friday night. What else is Friday night for? Exactly. Next, <laughs> that's the spirit. Next up, we have the San Antonio Brahmas playing the Vegas Vipers at 3 p.m. Eastern on April Fool's Day. This game's taking place in Vegas at Cashman Field. Uh, Battle of the mid. Yeah, but two teams very much going in different directions. I mean, people are going to try and build this up as what should be a close competitive game. Yeah, but now who even is Vegas's quarterback? Who's San Antonio's quarterback? Vegas is going to wow. roll with Brent Hundley. They're they're going to be all right in that department. I don't know what San Antonio is going to do unless wow. they know that Senate's going to be back. Actually, that's that's actually really fun now. We get Brent Hundley versus Kurt Ben Kurt, two former Packers quarterbacks at the same time. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if they overlapped. They probably did. The years work out. They'll be playing anyway. at the same time in anyway. this game. Yeah. That, yeah, they That's definitely fun. will. Saturday night, 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, you can Orlando watch the is. DC Defenders have a clinic in Orlando. Yeah, Orlando's hosting sure a game. So. DC's. Man, they better. If Abram, if if Abram Smith got two hundred plus rushing yards against St. Louis at home, (laughs) over under. What's what's the over under on his rushing yards for this one? I'll let you know when the XFL releases it. Put over under at one eighty, and I would I would be very curious where the money would be coming in at. I'm smashing that over. Uh, well, you got to consider too. Jordan Tomu just had a fantastic game. Yep. You might be yep. interested in opening up that passing game a little bit more. I'm smashing and... that over. So. <laughs> smashing the over on both. Smash the over for Abram Smith, the over for Jordan Tomu, and the over for points purely coming from DC. Yes. Over <laughs> under set at 50 something, it will all be DC. <laughs> No, no. I actually do think this has potential to be a good game. And the reason for that is everyone doesn't believe in Orlando at all. Uh, I think they'll probably trickle down to the players to some extent. We might see a slow start to this one. Uh, And it really wouldn't surprise me all that much if we go into halftime with this being a very close game. I, From a pure talent disparity standpoint, I expect DC to pull away. But this might be a better game that people are expecting and what we were just joking about. I it's, do think Orlando's headed in the right direction. So, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they do a few things right. Well, and like you said, Orlando, we're not giving Orlando credit here, but they've been making progress. This right. is the type of game where you see that progress come forward. I'm really interested to see what this game is going to look like at the end. Because I, I do think Orlando has made strides in the right ways. They've got to keep that up, though. They can't regress. They regress. It's going to be the laugher we're talking about here. Yep. Yeah. So that's that's what we've got to see. We've got to see this continued improvement that they've been putting on for a couple of weeks here. Last but not least, we go to Sunday afternoon. St. Louis at Houston. Everybody was refs- talking up. 
the refs hate both these teams, so I think it'll be all right. <laughs> Everybody was talking up DC Houston. Obviously, Monday night you have to talk it up, but I think yeah. this game is actually going to be better than that game. Certainly has potential. This game has massive playoff implications to being Seattle sitting in the two spot, tied with a head to head against Seattle, and the Roughnecks while they're sitting probably okay in the in the South. Um, you still don't want to drop another game. Uh, third in a row would be really bad for them at this point. They got to stop the skid. I mean, yeah, but also, who's going to catch up from the South? Like I said, you still want to stop the skid. Ideally, but also you're playing St. Louis this week, so who cares? Just stop it next week when you're playing somebody worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that might be the plan. <laughs> <laughs> the Renegades could catch him this week. Yeah, they have the Jig might be up. Following week. Jig might be up for the Roughnecks. The Renegades might have, you know, might have found him. I don't know. They had it made. Yeah. Yeah, Bob Stoops came for that bounty. <laughs> I hate you guys. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Oh, Dwayne Johnson. You, you love us. Why are you life? talking about <laughs> So anyway, uh, my internet's still glitching right now. Um, I think I'm going to have to restart my computer again. So why don't you go ahead and hit those links, Tug, and we'll get out of here. See you, Doug. I'll kick you out so you can get on that, man. All right, ladies and gentlemen. When you're looking for our links, they're scrolling through the bottom below, but just think BDT football, patreon.com slash BDT football, facebook.com slash BDT football, twitter.com slash BDT football, instagram.com slash BDT underscore football, BDT football.com, mailbox at BDT football.com, youtube.com slash at big dudes in the trenches, and our Discord is scrolling below. We'll tag that with the rest of the links in the bottom as well. Guys, did I miss anything? <laughs> no, you didn't. Thanks, Doug. Thanks. <laughs> hey, did y'all know that snails can sleep for up to three years? No, I didn't. No, but you know, Tug read those reads those reads those links so beautifully. I just, he really I does. It. I love it so much. Well, it's kind wow. of habit at this point. What a great podcast! <laughs> it was made all the better by Tug reading out some links. At the end of it, so great. I'm, I'm gonna take us out of here before before I make a bad joke about Doug's internet. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is all the time we have on the show today. Thank you for watching and/or listening. And just remember, you can't win a game if you can't win the trenches.